That's why they just put those keywords and ATS, have them do it for them and automatically just decline them. Like I just played a meme about this today on my social media mm-hmm. with Will Smith, uh, his facial expression with the entanglement stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, um, when you get the automatic decline email after you just do a job application, that's literally what we have to do. Attention, you are now tuned in to Brown Woman Speaking, a podcast where I'll have candid conversations covering a variety of topics from self-love, entrepreneurship, mental health, relationships, and a whole bunch of clown. (laughs) Shut your mouth. Let's get into the episode. What's up, y'all? I'm Portia, and this is Brown Woman Speaking, a podcast where me and my guests have meaningful conversations that I hope will spark new insight, perspectives, attitudes, and ideas in our culture. Today's guest is pretty special. She's the owner of Revision Writing Service, which is a company that assists individuals in highlighting their current skills with the intent to capture the attention of their dream employer. Welcome to the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Tonikia, as of last week, <laughs> lathers. Look, I was about to say cold. <laughs> hey, y'all. You made sure to pronounce that Tony in my name. Tonikia. That's how it's pronounced, too. <laughs> Look, at first, I'm. Um, well, when I was um, writing our itinerary, I was trying my best not to write Nini. <laughs> I call her Nini, but yeah, Nikia is her real name, but I know her as Nini. I've known her since high school, you know, when we used to run Independence High Hallways together. <laughs> she's Tony. Yeah. On th- today's podcast, she's Tonikia. Yeah, my college friends and sorority sisters, they know me as Tiny, so they yes. wouldn't even know who Nene is. Yeah. <laughs> so do you like, so what name do you like going by more? Um, I definitely don't like Nene no more because it <laughs> reminds me of being young. Um, informal Tiny, but formal Tanikia. Okay. Y'all, I'm calling her Tonikia today. <laughs> I haven't got fully gotten into the tiny wave, okay? We're going to try not to call her Nini today. Before we get into today's conversation, like always, I want to shout out my brown business of the week, which is KOK Wings and Things, a.k.a. Kitchen on Clinton. If you know, you know. Kitchen on Clean is owned and operated by four African-American men who started this vision in their very own kitchen. I have witnessed their journey from their home kitchen to now owners of three locations, two of which are in Lafayette and their newest location in Franklin, Louisiana. KOK's key staples are fried chicken wings and fully loaded fries. However, the restaurant offers a full service bar along with fried shrimp, fish, and so much more. You can catch literally all kind of stuff that they serve, you know? It's really delicious. Check them out at the three locations online at eatkok.com or via Instagram at eatkok underscore. I'll have all the links and their information in the description box below. Support these Black kings on a mission. Back to today's conversation with Tonikia. Like I mentioned before, Nini is an entrepreneur. She owns her own business. But aside from that, she is an HR professional with a master's in business administration. And you said a concentration in human resource management, correct? hmm Okay. In other words, my girl, no what she's talking about okay (laughs) everything she say on this podcast today is relevant and backed up by facts yep 
So I wanted to get into today's topic with everything going on with COVID and Nini, I used her services to create, um, revise my resume because I was getting ready to go into a summer internship. Then COVID came and just crushed my little heart. (laughs) (laughs) So I thought it would be there are other people who may be going through the same instances with the job market and you know we're going to shed some light on the job market from somebody in that field who is immersed in the hiring process so tell us what you do as an hr professional well i'm an hr admin at a tech firm called vidori in maryland they offer like software development and engineering support to the federal government. So like the US Census 2020, DOD, DOI, et cetera. And I mainly, um, I'm over the recruitment process, employee relations, benefits and enrollment, engagement, stuff like that. With the recruitment process, you mean you go out and literally recruit people? Do you visit schools and things like that? Well, yeah. So I'm not like the normal recruiter because there's some recruiters that actually get paid by the people that they recruit by and they have to actively do that all the time. But I do go out to like schools like we had a recruiting event at like John Hopkins University and um, University of Maryland. And we'll just be there at the career fairs and just tell them about um, our company. But aside from that, that was only like three times. Aside from that, I'm just really um, looking over the resumes and forwarding them to the hiring manager and making sure that their um, interviews are scheduled correctly. So that's basically what I do. So Nini has a podcast, which I was going to mention later, but I'm going to mention it now because I'm thinking about it. In one of your episodes, I don't remember which one it was, but I remember you mentioning that there are key terms that you look for in a resume. So when people what are like is there a certain thing or a tip that you can give somebody to know what those key terms would be for a certain job yeah it's basically based on the job description that's why reading it to to its entirety is very important so for an example i'm a technical recruiter so most of our jobs are like engineering software development let's just say software development their job requisition says um, one skill you need is oracle or java when you they submit their resumes with the ats system do or what i look for is do they have job in their resume so they're actually looking for those exact things that they put in the job requisition so that's basically what i mean when i say keywords mm-hmm. are you and like typing it in um, yeah, sometimes either we can have the ATS system know what those keywords are, and if they don't scan that through the resume, they'll automatically decline. And if they do make it through, I go back and look at those too. And so, yeah, like I'll hit control F or um, whatever the function is, type job, and if it doesn't come up, then sometimes, depending on the hiring manager, they want me to decline right away. So... That's why I always tell people, look at that job description and you have to tailor your resume um, specifically to that job because sometimes it's even to where you have like three different resumes because all of them going to be all of them are going to be different. That's why I tell people you have to be strategic in what you're applying for so that each job requisition that you're doing are similar. So you won't have to keep messing with your resume. Right. I thought that was Mm -hmm. so interesting. I was like going through job things like, okay, mm -hmm, yeah, because I didn't know that they literally go in, you know, you guys literally go in and type in keywords like you would do if you're reading a document and you wanted to hit the find button. Yeah. Like I'm thinking you just give me through the little things. Oh, this one look interesting. But Mm -hmm. no. Yeah, because like companies that have like thousands of people applying a day they don't have time to look at each one that's why they just 
put those keywords and ATS, have them do it for them and automatically just decline them. Like I just made a meme about this today on my social media mm-hmm. with Will Smith, uh, his facial expression with the entanglement stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, when you get the automatic decline email after you just do a job application, that's literally what be happening. Dang, so I found that funny. I was I was always wondering, like, okay, I know they ain't looking at my resume. Also, not just your resume, it's with those like pre-screening questions, like when they ask, do you have three years of experience of blah blah blah, and you put no decline or something like that, because we have those too. Okay, with the experience thing, because I've heard mixed reviews. The experience is a recommendation. I mean, like a not recommendation but it's preferred it's mm-hmm. not a set in stone so is there sometimes a set in stone and it's sometimes a preferred and how would you know the difference between the two i really can't speak to like overall but i can just speak for my company and um what i've done um based on my experience sometimes like for example we have one we had one requisition that said like six years of experience. Some people don't even put that one because we don't have the pre-screening, pre-screening question that says that. Mm-hmm. So they don't get knocked out. But if we did, um, I don't really think we have it like that. But let's just say that we did have it as six years experience and the person only has four and they make it through to where I can see. Um, sometimes that's really not a big deal depending on what other skills you have. Like if you have four solid years of experience of what they're looking for and you stated it right on there and you sold yourself, then they're going to still want you for a phone interview. Like they're just not going to be like, oh, well, they don't have a blah, blah, blah. Because there's those times where they do make those exceptions. But um, I know like for my age my other HR friends, they do have like some things to where you have to have that experience or you just not considered at all. Um, and you can basically know, you just have to trust what they say on the um, requisition. If they say required three years, preferred four years, then you know you at least have to have three. Okay. But that's not always the case because again, it's about who you know and just how bad they need you so those circumstances can be waived right so would you suggest um still applying yeah because that's what i'm gonna do like if it's if i see something at a company that i really want to work at and it Mm -hmm. says three years of experience and right now i only really have one i'm still applying yeah that's how that's what i said too because at this point um, especially with me coming out of my master's program, there are so many companies that I want to work for. They're like two to three years experience. I'm like, honey, I have not graduated yet, but I'm still <laughs> going to apply. Yeah, that's what um, I saw people talking about that on like LinkedIn saying that um, please stop having these entry level jobs with people and saying that you want like three years of experience. It's just not possible. Most of those years are spent in school anyway, so that's that don't make no sense. And then they offer like fifteen dollars an hour. Seriously, Girl, not with a master's gone. degree. Mm-mm. Then lost the good sense that God gave them. I've <laughs> like you know I've really started hitting the ball with looking at jobs and stuff like that. And the pay, I'm like, who? I can sit at home. Y'all about to stress <laughs> me out for that. Yep, that's why it's important knowing how to negotiate your pay and stuff. Okay, so with you being in HR, we are both African American. Do you see any discrepancies between, you know, people who don't look like us and people who look like us getting jobs? Or is it pretty cut and dry? Um, so you mean like, like challenges, like, do I see them get jobs or is it hard for them to, is it harder for them to get a job? I would actually say 
yes. And I have a lot of reasons why I say that. Um, first, I'll start with their side. So I'll start with their side and then I'll talk about the company side. Okay. So their side, I just feel like um, we don't, meaning we as in African-American, mm-hmm. we don't really spend time investing in ourselves career-wise. So like resumes, I don't really feel like we take that serious cover letters and job applications like I don't really think we're that strategic with that like when I look at some resumes like some people don't even have resumes which is surprising to me because like with stuff like retail jobs or jobs that we had when we was in high school they don't require stuff like that like they don't require you to have a resume so depending on where you're from the people around you, you're just like, I don't need a resume. I can get a job without a resume. This is good for what I'm doing right now. Mm-hmm. But thinking long term, and if you want, don't have to worry about your finances and being financially stable. I feel like we need to really take investing in ourselves serious and getting a resume, highlighting ourselves on paper so that we can get a job that we really like, somewhere we can stay long-term, somewhere we can have a decent amount of money and know the amount that we're bringing home each mm-hmm. paycheck. also feel like our education and experience, too, is what give us a disadvantage in the workforce. I see most of us, we're, we're going to college and we're getting degrees and stuff, which that is cool. But on the other hand, it's not necessary all the time because as I got into my profession, I see that they value experience way more than education and certifications. Like you said, these jobs are asking for like three years of experience and we've been in school the whole time. So we have no, we had no opportunity to even gain that experience. The right experience, though, because let's say I'm applying a a accounting job and I've been a teacher for five years, but they say you have to have five years of experience. That's not related at all. So you have to have like the right experience and just knowing where you want to go and what you want to do. I also feel like um, on our side, not networking enough. Like me being in HR, because I had my teaching background, I made sure that I was um, in this Black and HR group. So what that is, is exactly what it says, Black professionals and human resources. And I'm able to talk to them, ask questions, know what, they, know what they've been through, where they work, um, where they live. So it's like people from all across the United States. So if I have somebody in California or if I get a job in California, I know someone and I can call them. I don't really feel like we network enough professionally to have that backup person or a person to ask, well, how can I get in the door? What can I do? And on the company side, I just feel like they don't really, one, sometimes they don't take us serious. <laughs> and two, their company, they're not just, either they're doing it to only do diversity and inclusion and make their company diverse to meet quotas or yeah they're just not taking us serious but (laughs) one or the other (laughs) yeah but um yeah because that's what I that's what I mostly think on their side but I do that's the main challenge is people we we first have to take ourselves serious and invest in ourselves for somebody else mm-hmm. to take us serious. I think so that's what mainly hard, what was hard for me with the whole networking thing was I one went into like you did, I went into a totally different profession, which is not dominated by people who look like me. So that part in itself is hard. We have one club. Um, so I got a net when I was got into graduate school, but I was so late in the game getting into that club. And then also I see my classmates who also don't look like me 
get um, mentors and positions and internships so easy. And then I ask them how you got that. Oh, well, my uncle knew so-and-so. And I'm like, well, God dang, bro. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my uncle don't know nothing. <laughs> So, Wait, so what did you, what were you doing first? Like, what did you switch to? So, I mean, it was in the same discipline, but I was in interior design in undergrad. And then mm-hmm. I switched to architecture in graduate school. Okay. And if you, if you don't know, interior and architecture, they feel like they are two enemies, two rivals for what I don't know. So you know, we didn't really communicate with one another. I started talking to the architecture students because all of a sudden I started being interested in it in undergrad. But other than that, it's like you're not in the same building and you have nothing to do with one another. So I didn't really network with them. So Mm -hmm. they went to conferences and things like that. Another thing with conferences was difficult. Um... I always had to worry about, okay, how I'm going to pay for this, but how I'm going to go there. But Mm -hmm. if I go there and then I got to pay my rent, then I got to pay. Like we always have to think about other responsibilities and trying to be this great student and setting ourselves up for success. And, you know, I think it, it get a little hard. Even when you and me, I know that I need everything that you just said. I know that those are things that we absolutely need to do. And mm-hmm. then you get ready to do it, you like, dang, I don't got the money. And you can't call yeah. somebody and say, well, can you pay for me to go to this conference? No. Mm-hmm. My class, they go on trips and things like that. It's so many things that I had to sit out of in undergrad that may have, um, you know, put me in a good position. And I had to sit out of them because I had to choose between feeding myself, paying some bills, or going to this networking thing that will help me later, but it's not currently helping me right now. So I think yeah. you have, like, struggles. And you, you're right. The Some jobs don't take us serious. And so sometimes you really have to, I try to tell people all the time, like, you really have to not only network with people who look like us, but you have to network with people who don't look like us. So my field yep. is dominated by white people. So I know that my professors have connections. I mm-hmm. know that my classmates have connections. They don't look like me. I can't always sit in the room with the people who look like me because in all honesty, nine times out of 10, I might be the only person who look like me at the firm that I'm going to. Yep. So I try to, some of my classmates, they don't really try to, you know, fiddle faddle with everybody, but I try to stay, you know, in good graces with all of my professors um, because I know that I need to make an ally mm-hmm. and they don't all, they, they can't always look like me because that's not the world that we live in. So yeah. In that aspect, I'm kind of glad that I went to a PWI because I didn't have to force the interactions with people who don't look like me. That would have mm-hmm. never happened if I went to an HBCU. I was going to be HBCU in it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And those connections, um, they're good too when you need like recommendations. Exactly. Because that's what I'm using for, girl. I don't know. I already told them. Yeah, I used my professors in undergrad um, when I was looking for teaching jobs. Mm -hmm. I had all of them write my recommendation letters and put them in my career portfolio. Yeah, and the good thing about my professors are they've worked in firms, and many of them still have firms, but they teach also. So, you know, they really real deal have connections to our profession they're not just teaching us the profession so that's good i have already told them and you know with everything going on with this black lives matter thing they're like well we're gonna try harder to help you guys get jobs and all this this is cool that's fine so nikia has like i said she has 
a company called Revision Writing Service. And as you can see, she's knowledgeable. And tell us about when and why you started Revisions and some of the services you offer. So when was January of last year, so 2019. Mm -hmm. And why is because I wanted to help minorities, whether that's primarily us, African-Americans, um, Hispanic, whatever, um, to see and go further in their professional careers. So um, what started, well, that was the main reason, but I also just love, it's, I love like professionalism and jobs, helping people find jobs, doing their resumes. Like it started with me just doing it for my family members and then friends. And then I was like, well, I can do this for a lot of people because I know um, this is not what they're really thinking about. But um, some of the services that I offer is revisions, uh, resume revisions, cover letters, um, job search support. So within that, that includes um, me helping you find a job, maybe like the top three jobs that you're interested in, um, revising your LinkedIn or creating you a LinkedIn and making sure that your profile is um, to its full potential and um, resume assessment. So looking over your resume, giving customized feedback of how you can improve it if you cannot afford my services good and she um i when she said your linkedin she <laughs> revised my linkedin and one day i was on there and i'm just looking i'm like when i put that <laughs> when did i do this okay and i had to think about it i was like okay i didn't do that <laughs> but it looked good and then i had people um i actually had somebody this architect who I adore, she actually reached out to me after Tonikia revised my LinkedIn to um, get me to participate in the competition for a young architect. So I, I might try to do it. It's, I have to submit in September. That'll be good. Great networking because she's like that, that. <laughs> she's that girl. So We'll see how that's that good. I was going to ask you, have you been using LinkedIn at all since I did that? I have been using it, but I haven't really been. Um, well, I had one lady, she reached out to me. I've been having just little reaching outs here and there. One lady, she reached out to me asking me, um, she's here in Lafayette, and she was putting on an event, and she asked me if I knew how to do some um, certain things. Uh, but I'm still waiting for her to get back with me because she said she wanted me to participate in that and help her get that event together. I've been, because I listened to your episode with Jeremy, I believe. Yeah, I Jeremy. Say it was Jeremy. <laughs> okay. He said that he, I might be mixing people up. Mm-hmm. With Jeremy. Well, what's the, what was the t topic? I forgot, but I remember he was saying that he, um, I know you had two guys on there that I, mm -hmm. that I'm thinking about in my head, but what the, what it was, he said that he saves the, he puts on the notification for the jobs that he want to go to. Was that Jeremy? Uh, that might've been Omari Riches. He's, um, uh, uh, PH. Okay. In, um, public health grad. Was, but I remember um, he said that he put on his, um, like, if I want to go to a job in Chicago, I put on those notifications so that I can make sure I have the skills. You know, I have a semester left, so I need to make sure I solidify those skills. So I started putting that on on LinkedIn. So that's been blowing me up. Um, I've been searching for firms on there and some of them that I like I've actually realized my professors um have connections with that firm so I just write jot that down to the side so I can highlight them later <laughs> so I feel like I've been on there more I've been trying to you know really make it get on there more than I get on Instagram I'm mm -hmm. trying yeah 
that's what I, I like LinkedIn. Like I started using it heavily, heavily um, last year mm-hmm. when I was um, looking for human resource jobs, and I really like it. Like I was like LinkedIn, the new Facebook. Like you can make posts, you can put pictures, I know. and stuff. I just like it so much. But I'm gonna have a um, episode coming out about that about mm-hmm. LinkedIn. Okay. Yeah, good. and it's gonna tell all of the things that you can do on there and how you can use it. Cause like I get some of my certifications from LinkedIn. Like you can use that, and they give you certifications. You don't have to listen. <laughs> okay, while we're on her podcast, Tonika's podcast is called Rebranded Podcast. I will have all of her links in the description below. Her business revision and her the sister company um podcast rebranded she gives great tips on there amazing tips i remember uh one of your i have this somewhere on here but you had an episode entitled you are your brand online and offline and you discuss the essentials of um you as a brand online and you know in the real world mm-hmm. child you had me over here googling myself <laughs> <laughs> what did you find i didn't come up i found the girl la portia with an a who i think she was shot or something at the walmart <laughs> so she didn't just clouded my shine i'm like they can't even find me <laughs> no <laughs> I Google, I Google my, I Google Portia and I Google La Portia and mm-hmm. it will not come up. Well, that's a good thing sometimes. Like, I mean, I was just scrolling through all the pages and you just couldn't find me. Did you go to images? I didn't go to images. Because some I Googled myself one time and when I go to images, it put like an old MySpace picture. Not my space, man. They did wrong. I'm gonna have to go on there, man. Cause I didn't even go to the images. Cause I saw so many articles about La Portia. I think her last name is Washington too. Legit. I'm like, they never gonna find me. <laughs> I mean, unless they literally go and type my name in Instagram. I don't, is my name La Portia on Instagram? I don't even know. Cause I go by Portia so much. People don't even mm-hmm. know my name is La Portia. What did your LinkedIn pull up? No. Like she literally overcrowded the entire Google. Everybody was talking about La Portia and they got shot at the Walmart. Well, again, that's not a bad thing, technically. So what I've heard mixed reviews about companies searching their employees. And if you don't have a social media, they get, you know, a little suspect is that true would you say that's true it's good to have some form of social media that they can go to well if anything the social media platform that you need to have is linkedin if mm-hmm. anything because that's the only thing you really want them to see <laughs> LinkedIn, <laughs> oh. <to> my girl <laughs> <laughs> oh right right they should <laughs> but yeah linkedin um but I ain't never really heard that, really. Like, at my company, we don't really look for social media. Like, if we see that they put their LinkedIn on their resume, um, we do go look. But other than that, we're not really searching for them. But it, it all depends on the company or what you're doing. Um, this is probably off-topic, but I know, like, some um, professional teams – like to look at your social media platforms and what you're doing and how you're branding yourself and how you carry yourself but as far as jobs i've known people like in my group say that their company look up them but with us we don't really do that but if anything yeah having a linkedin i would say it's top priority and then if you do have any other ones that you pull up on just got to make sure it's Something that you want them to see. If you're embarrassed by it, you probably shouldn't have it up there. Like, if it's something only that you want your friends to see, if your family can't see or anything, or your boss, then you probably don't need it. Mm-hmm. Google yourself. And be aware of what you put on social media. I be cursing. 
I'm trying to stop, but <laughs> sometimes the folks just really get on my nerves. But I'm really working. Was well, your nerves. page private? No, it's not private. Well, then you might want to watch that. I know. If I'm cursing, <laughs> if I curse nine times out of ten, not nine times out of ten, ten times out of ten, it's on my story, and I don't, I don't let it stay on there for the whole twenty four hours. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I'm not really cursing. Um, on my podcast, but think about if somebody, I know, I know. Yeah. <laughs> just look at that right when you post it. I know. Look, I be like, I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying. I really am. Like I know for sure on my podcast, um, when my guests come on, and I know they be cursing up a storm, I'm like, okay, y'all, we don't curse on here like that. You know, you can say soft curse words. Don't mm-hmm. say any hard curse words. <laughs> you know, I like that term, soft curse words. Yeah, you know the soft ones, the ones that you don't look like. Okay. Yeah, because then my grandma watch and she always said, oh, they was cursing on everything. But she watched everything, all kind of stuff. But we ain't going to get on it. I'm going to have on the podcast because we're going to talk about it later. Um, with everything going on with COVID, have you seen a shift in the job market with you doing people's resumes? Are they still getting jobs at the same rate has there been a decline well the obvious we know that there's been multiple layoffs and furloughs to answer your question decline in resumes i don't really feel like people really been wanting them so yeah there has been a decline in those but i still see like like a lot of jobs still hiring like the essential ones and retail and everything they're still hiring my profession in HR, I see a lot of jobs like that, hiring and tech, of course. But um, I definitely think that this pandemic has taught us to um, realize that you are replaceable, your job is replaceable, mm-hmm. which is why I always try to tell people You have to make sure that you're showing your company how you contribute and bring value to the organization with your role. Because like what happened this year, your job is gone. Like I've seen so many people where they was like, I've been with this employer for 15 years and I got laid off for the first time, which is crazy to me. But um yeah, I, I it's been a decline in me um, doing resumes, but I still feel like people sh- should still be applying because mm-hmm. there's still some jobs that's hiring. I sent out my newsletter yesterday and I was saying that um, a little update in the market, the remote working is going to become probably long term with myself. I'm still working from home. And I don't even know if we'll probably go back this year, but there's a lot more of the jobs that's still remote working. So I was encouraging people to just do that, like especially if they got kids at home with the distance learning and stuff, just apply for something remote. You can still make your money. You don't have to depend on no other source of income. And I mean, yeah, some some of the companies either um, even give you the equipment that you need, the laptop. Um, they'll pay for whatever you need to set up your home office. That's the kind of company I'm trying to be for, you know? Right, because my friend, she um just started a new job, and she tried to set up her stuff from her desktop, and then she talked to me the next day. She was like, oh, well, they said they're going to give me the computer with the stuff already on it. I said, okay, see, I need something like that. If you mm-hmm. want me to work from home, give me the tools. Yep, that's what I'm talking tools. about. I get so much stuff that's like companies offer you all you really you have to ask for it, ask about it. Like, um, who was it? Dang, it was right at the tip of my tongue. Um like um for an example, if they don't pay for like your work from home stuff, mm-hmm. um you can ask for like when you're accepting the offer or whatever, you can be like, well, do y'all offer sign-on bonuses? Like, um, 
right. you can't help me get this are you going to give me a lump sum payment up front so that i can cover this fee for whatever i need or something like that or um professional development tuition and reimbursement stuff like that people don't think to ask about um do you get tuition reimbursement after you've graduated or that's something oh you can um let's see no well you have to no go mm -mm. into the program while you're at that job you have to be actively working there and taking the course okay yeah, but professional development, like, yeah, like, if I um wanted to get, like, a certification in human resources, my company offered that. Mm -hmm. So, while I'm working there, I can apply and take the course or class. And if I pass, they'll give me my money back. Well, that's good. Well, and I see that's a win-win, you know? Do they normally have that in the job description or that's something that you need to have on your mind to ask at the interview? When they say, do you have any questions? No, they don't that. have that on the job description. But like when you're interviewing, you if they don't mention it, you need to ask, what benefits do you offer? Mm -hmm. And um, they'll usually say it then or you can ask. But. I know now, see, I didn't know that back then, because if I would have known what I know now, I wouldn't have went to grad school paying out my own money. I would have let my company pay you for it. me. See, the bad thing about my um, profession is, I mean, I guess you can go in as a, I'm going into an architecture firm. I could have went to that same firm with an interior design bachelor's degree because they have interior you know on staff mm -hmm. you know i didn't know the right way to go right i'm too busy now i i knew for a fact i didn't want to pay for grad school so i was going into the air force mm -hmm. if i would have known that i could have just went to work and they could have paid for me to go to school See, why don't nobody tell us this? I know. Why don't nobody tell we us We think this? there's one route. And I think, um, you know, we are both first generation. Your mama, right? Okay. We are both first generation. So who we, who we asking? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? And then when you're in school, they don't really give you the 411 on the job market. I feel like if they really came in with, you know, these freshman courses that we take, if you really sit down and tell people, this is what you need to get this mm -hmm. job. That way I know that I need to get some experience. I, you know, the school helps you get experience. I the whole schooling might need to be reworked. Awesome. Yeah, I actually took a career place class. Because... Oh, you had to take a career class? Well, it was one of the electives that I picked. It was called Career 101. And that really, um, I think that might have been, well, I always knew I wanted to do like business or whatever, but I think that class really made me realize that I wanted to do human resources. But they really talked about all that stuff. I feel like they should make that something that's mandatory right um yeah that's something similar to that we did um proposals and we actually that was the first time i ever opened up a resume and actually started looking at my resume we did mock cover letters stuff like that but right it was an elective mm -hmm. too many people who took it and but yep. that's when i realized when i was in that class that Okay, I think if I really start practicing this speaking thing, I can I can get good at this. Mm -hmm. But before that, you know, it wasn't. And also, we do proposals and proposals to our clients in my profession. So I know that I can work in that position in a firm where I'm on the team, the proposal team. So you really, there are certain courses that we need to. They need to be you know, not an elective, but something yeah. you have to do for your major. And of course. It, it probably would be good if the career courses were geared toward architecture, toward HR, you know. Mm -hmm. So you know 
this is what is important important skills to have for your profession but we don't do that yep and then we and then we try to sit up here and figure out the right route to go like i just said i was gonna try to go into the air force so that they can pay for my school and that fell through but i thought that was my last little option whole time i could have found somebody to pay for it yep yeah because a lot of my colleagues um in my master's program they was already working in the fields and their jobs was paying for it i was like dang would have must be nice mm-hmm. i know something that i want to ask for um i don't know how how many companies do it but my top firms that I want to go to are my top cities that I want to move to are nowhere near Louisiana. So I'm trying to get a relocation. They, they do that. So, mm-hmm. you know, also they ain't that cheap <laughs> to move there. So, you know, yeah. there are, I've learned that when, when they ask you, do you have any questions? We need to stop saying no. We need to have some questions. Yes. I have my questions written down before my interview. Like, don't ever say you don't have no questions. Always have a question, whether it's about the role, what they offering, what they expect from you. Are you going to get a raise in three months? Like, ask those questions. Ooh, um, but a raise in three months. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, they do. They some jobs do offer um, to pay for your relocation because my aunt, she's um, nursing. She uh, has her master's in nursing and getting her PhD, and she works and lives in Atlanta, and they paid for her to come to the interview. They paid for her flight, paid for her stay, and they paid for her to relocate, and I was like, I need that type of job that's going to do that for me, because when I moved to Atlanta when I was teaching, they didn't pay for none of that. But they did wait on me to get settled. Even I had them waiting for like two months, but they needed me, so. <laughs> this girl said she made these people wait for two months. <laughs> okay, that being that you work a full a nine to five, mm-hmm. a real deal nine to five, and you own a business, and you're doing a podcast. Do you find it difficult or do you feel like that's the route that people should take? You know, have your ducks or, you know, yourself in different corners. Um, I don't really find it that difficult. Me personally, I really feel like it's all about scheduling and organization. So I have my nine to five. Okay. I have resume stuff and I have the podcast stuff how can I make it all work um whether that's getting up earlier staying up a little bit later it has to be done Mm -hmm. so I'm all about scheduling um how I can fit it into I know that on weekends I'm not doing nothing with none of the businesses I'm strictly enjoying myself on Saturday and Sunday so on Monday and Friday I gotta make it work um so what I do I, um, if I have like downtime at work or something, then I'm thinking about what content I want to talk about or what I can do. Um, I wake up pretty early. Um, and if I need to record a podcast, I'm doing it then. Or if I have guests, then I'm making sure that I'm doing it after I get off and after they get off Mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, but I don't really think it's uh, difficult in that aspect. The only thing that's pretty difficult about it is knowing when to rest, not overworking yourself and stretching yourself out thin and having that balance because you don't want to be all work, work, work and not having your social time with like relationships and friends and stuff and your me time. But that's the only thing I would say. Yeah, just you just got to keep working and not giving up when you don't see results. Because I feel like yeah. a lot of us do that. Yes. So, that's I what I think. What do you think? Well, I know you're in school, so it's different for you. But yeah, you're in was, school and you're doing that. What do you think about it? So I was just about to say, 
with my schooling, they are pretty all over the place. So it's like, I try my best to schedule out my week because if I don't, it's just not going to work out for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I try to schedule out my week, but me being in school, my professors pop out stuff at you like it's nothing. Like I'm like, okay, I scheduled out my week and I don't have time for that. Mm-hmm. But then I have to make time. So you saying risk. Um, I'm, I'm trying. <laughs> yes, you can make it work because yeah, I do I do um make sure I have spread myself thin for so long that it started to mess with me mentally. So, you know, I started to be like, okay, I'm going to get as much as I can done and then I'm going to sleep. Because mm-hmm. if I stay up till five in the morning today, then everything that I had planned for tomorrow is going to get pushed back and that's going to start a domino effect. And then mm-hmm. also, I'm one of those, if I have tasks A, B, C, D, E to do today, I absolutely have to finish tasks A, B, C, D, and E. So me balancing between... I need to go to sleep and I need to finish is kind of my problem. Also, mm-hmm. with me starting your your job, your business, and your podcast are all in the same field, you know? So you're constantly immersed in the same, you know, atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Me, my podcast is very um, random topics and my business is more geared toward my schooling. So Mm -hmm. I kind of have to turn one light switch off and turn the other one on. And then also I need to make sure, because you know, when you're in school, they try to spread you thin already. Yeah. So I have to make sure I'm not giving too much focus to one thing. Like mm-hmm. yesterday, I was like, okay, I need to make sure I'm not giving too much to this podcast right now while still giving enough because I need to folk really focus in and hone in on where I want my business to go. Like I talk about this podcast more than I talk about my business. So mm-hmm. when you're a dualpreneur, <laughs> <laughs> you have to literally find balance. Yeah, because where your focus goes, success will flow. And, you know, I want to have even focus all around. And my other problem is I try to be like Wonder Woman and a perfectionist. And I just feel like I want to get to level 110. And sometimes you can't sleep when you're trying to go to level 110. (laughs) So I'm really trying to find my balance. Mm-hmm. Well, I know a lot of people like that. Like, um, they'll stay up all night trying to get it done and stuff. Me, I've always, I always said by eight o'clock I am done with oh, it. With whatever, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean like done business stuff, so I can watch okay. my shows and stuff, take a bath, go to mm-hmm. sleep. Like I'm done with business stuff by a certain time. And if whatever I ain't do that day, then I'm just got to do it for the next day. It's all about scheduling. You got to put a limit on yourself and be yes. like, Portia, if you ain't do this today, just do it tomorrow. Forget yeah. it. I have started doing um my top three every day. You really do have to schedule. So I've been trying to be more strict on myself. At first, the whole me scheduling out, okay, from nine o'clock to five o'clock on Wednesday, I'm going to do this that don't work for me so what i started doing recently now that i have you know these things to focus on is allocating a certain day so on tuesdays i'm filming my podcast and also um editing video from last week so that i'm giving tuesday to the podcast after that Mm -hmm. don't ask me about the podcast yes I'll give maybe two hours to the podcast on Wednesday because 
I have to focus on other things. I can't be doing this. When I first started, I was doing podcasts every day. I'm like, I don't mm-hmm. have time to do podcasts every day. Mm-hmm. So I started to realize I need to just say, okay, on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, I'll um, do Brown Woman Speaking from noon till four o'clock. And everything that I need to get done, I need to get it done between noon and five o'clock and I don't need to touch it again. Don't be in your in your bed trying to touch it and all that kind of stuff because you're gonna stress yourself out. So I've started to do that with my podcast, with the Washington collaboration. Now my school, I try my best <laughs> to not um work on do nothing on Saturdays. It, gr- it just hurts my heart to not do nothing. But um, it has helped me out to just say, okay, to be strict on myself with when I'm doing this and that. And then I'll, you know, I'll have a solid week of, if I know I go to class on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I'm saying I go to class at 8. So from 8 to 1 on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I'm doing mm-hmm. schoolwork. If class is over at 10, I'm doing school that work from 8 to to 1 o'clock. Yeah. Because I don't need to touch it again. So whatever they say we need to do, I need to do that right then and there. Because mm-hmm. these people will pop out something on you with the quickness. All right, guys. So I wanted to try something new this week. So, Tony and I are going to play a little game called This or That, and it's going to be the career edition, where I'll ask her a set of questions, and she'll choose between one of two answers. So, you ready? Yep. All right. So, question number one, work from home or work from the office? Dang. Well, that's kind of (laughs) hard. Why is it hard? Because I like both. Okay, well, I just go with work from home, but I'll say work from home just to pick one. But I like both because working from home, of course, you don't got to dress up. Mm -hmm. You can eat when you want to. You can watch TV and work, do your job. Um, Yeah, be comfortable. But working in the office, me personally, I like working in the office because I have access to the printer and everything that I need, and I just like being in a different environment sometimes, <laughs> especially with the pandemic. I feel like if we didn't have the pandemic, then working from home wouldn't be a problem. Like, if I did, like, in office three days a week and then working from home two days, then that would be cool. But since I've been here for five months, I want to go to the office. Yeah, I'm sick of it. I think... <laughs> I think hybrid, now that we've gone through this, I think hybrid is the way to go. Because mm-hmm. at this point, I've gotten tired of seeing my house. Yep. So um, even with school, they've given us the option to, we're we're mostly remote. Mm-hmm. They've given us the option to meet with our professor if we need to. So I will be meeting with them. Yeah. I got to get up out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to call myself setting up an office, um, going work outside at the park one day. Uh-huh. Girl, computer went dead. <laughs> and none of the little electrical poles would work. I'm like, okay, see, I, I can't do this. Sometimes I'd be on my balcony working from home and it they be so disrespectful because like if I'm on like a call, like the birds just chirping and making noise and stuff and people like, what's that? And I'm like, oh, I'm outside. <laughs> Wait, this girl said they be disrespectful. I thought she was about to say they'll do construction work. She said, <laughs> she said the birds be <laughs> They do. They just be loud. Now, the birds said you came out where they say. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> this is too funny. Okay, question number two. Nine to five or being an entrepreneur? Honestly, at that point in my life, I'm going to say nine to five because I know that I'm getting a paycheck. Mm-hmm. Entrepreneurship is so up and down. You just never it's know. It's true. It's like, okay, they, it's going to come when it comes. 
Yeah, especially yeah. with with me getting my business off the ground. Um, I offer graphic services, which, you know, I get steady clients from. But my interior design services and things like that is something that I have to build my portfolio for so that people mm-hmm. trust me with that amount of money that it requires to do those jobs. So mm-hmm. on that part, I ain't made nothing yet. Yep. So when you looking at that, you like, dang, uh, you know, do I want to do this for real? But I do. <laughs> so yeah, that nine to five do get you a job, you know. And then people down nine to fives, but I'm like, you don't know when you're an entrepreneur, you working six thirty to twelve. I don't know what y'all talking about. Like you literally thinking about it all day. I'm trying to go to sleep. I'm thinking about my business. Yeah, you you're so focused on I cannot fail. When you go to your nine to five, I'm thinking about it from nine to five. Yeah, I come home. I'm not thinking about it anymore. Mm-hmm. And I know that with just with me thinking about it from nine to five, I'm still going to get the same paycheck. Yep, <laughs> right. <laughs> with my with my business, I can think about it from nine to seven and get nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a good point stress okay i have i already know what you're gonna say um this answer linkedin or instagram (laughs) (laughs) that depends on the day nah i like linkedin the best so do you do like do you actually post your thoughts on linkedin like um, um people do on twitter and stuff like that no, I really just post like motivational type quotes. Okay. Yeah, same thing that I do on Instagram. I just post it on there, but I'm not like resharing posts. I actually like write out the posts and post them. And I don't really post pictures either because you can post pictures on there too. Yeah. I've um reshared a couple posts because I'm like, dang, that was something good. Well, let me ask you a question. How did you come up with your um podcast name, which I love? The brown woman speaking. So, how did I? I knew that I wanted it to be something. I knew I wanted my podcast to be geared toward minorities. So, I'm like, I don't want to say black. Mm-hmm. So, I was like, okay, brown. So, then I was like, okay, I started exploring all kind of brown something. Brown people <laughs> talking, brown woman, brown this. So Mm -hmm. I just knew that I wanted my podcast to, and you know that this is a, this is for us. Mm -hmm. So that's really how the name became to be, um, came to be like, literally I am a Brown woman and I am speaking. And like I just said, um, the speaking part was just me saying that I'm finally going to be, you know, giving whatever I feel that needs to be talked about to the world so that's where it you feel like your um podcast name will have people thinking that it's only topics about women like men if they see something like brown woman speaking can I listen to that is that pertaining to me um I have a slight fear of that but on the other hand I'm like you know, it is what it is. You really have to just watch to see because as you can see, it has not all been geared toward women. So mm-hmm. I purposely started with men early in the process. So you know yeah. that this is not all about, you know, yeah. I, I know they sent brown women speaking and they're probably like, oh, she about to be bashing us. And yep. I don't even want to hear what she got to say. Well, thank you, Tonikia, for joining me today for today's conversation. It was nice catching up, y'all. Me and Nene have been texting, Instagramming, all kind of stuff <laughs> for the longest, but this is our first time like actually talking to each other. Mm-hmm. In so, years. Yes. Like I Probably said, since 2013. I'm telling you. Dang, that's that's crazy. First of all, we getting old. Yeah. <laughs> well, look like it though. Right. Period. <laughs>
We, but we have grown so much. Like I'm really proud of us. We have grown, and and we will only grow more and more from here. Okay, period. <laughs> but before you leave, don't forget to subscribe. Turn on your post notification bell if you're watching via YouTube. Um, share this episode with a friend or family member. My hope is that we were able to give you some insight on making your next career move. Also, like we mentioned during this entire podcast, check out Tonikia's podcast, Rebranded, and Revision Writing Services so that you can get you a job, okay? And I will have all those linked in the description box below she gives amazing tips like she gave during this whole podcast and it's very important that you seek knowledge for anywhere that you want to go okay all those links will be down below that's all for this week tune in next week you don't want to miss the next conversation peace bye it was nice talking to you nice talking to you too girl You can find us at Brown Woman Speaking on YouTube, Instagram, and anywhere you get podcasts. Come back next week, guys, so we can talk about some more clown shit your mouth. Thank you for listening or watching if you're on YouTube. I appreciate you guys. Peace out.